No, no. See, next year, what we're doing is we're doing the Wizard of Oz. And then we're having one of our dogs be the Wicked Witch of the West and the other one be the Good Witch. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to do. Every year I go as Michael Stipe. But with facial hair and like... No, 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 he shaves. <laughs> you uh, shave? No. West, West, do you just like get like a smelling salt so you can start to cry a little bit and just hang out with a mandolin? and welcome to the 551 podcast. I am Wes Berdine. I am joined by Mark Fangmeyer, Corey Schreppel, Rodrigo Sanchez Teveria. Uh, it is it's great to talk to you guys all. Uh we we are uh um since we are always doing our Chile versus uh, Peru fight on this podcast, let's uh, all come together and celebrate Chile getting a new constitution. Uh, yeah. Voting, voting to write a new constitution. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, fingers crossed. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. But I mean, that's a huge that's, step. That's a that's an amazing huge step, specifically because the yeah. last time this constitution was like written, it was when uh, it was under the the dictatorship of Pinochet, and yep. people were like, you know, like their definition of people were like as consumers in a sense, yep. and so like. Yep. Like I'm, I'm extremely happy for for Chile and the fact that we're able to do that because they totally deserved not only that but to get rid of anything that has to deal with Pinochet. Yeah, we I, I've been I've been keeping in touch with my family down there and they're just um, elated, like cautious, like elated, and then ready to do the work. But yeah, it's good news. Um, so on the the podcast today, we've got Minnesota versus uh, FC Cincinnati, but we're also at the ass end of the the season, so we're going to kind of look at the the final few games coming up. Um, uh, you know, little bits of stuff uh, news before we before we kind of get to the meat is uh, the U.S. men's national team is going to be playing a friendly in Wales on uh, November twelfth. Um, whether that is a good idea or not, um, I have. No idea. Um, I imagine no MLS players are going to be brought into that, right? Uh, I mean, are you going to bring... They didn't rule it out. Um, I can't imagine a scenario where um, they actually do bring in any domestic players. I I think it's got to be all European, especially with the way the cases are spiking over there. Yeah, it's it's a... Weird situation, but um, I, you know, I guess we'll see it. I mean, it'll be nice to have a little bit of it back. I, I um, you know, uh, was uh thinking about um, this is a weird transition, but I was thinking about it because uh, I went back and listened to the time I was on the Total Soccer Show. Um, Daryl Grove of, of that um passed away this week, and so I was listening to this time in in 2017. I uh, he had me on to talk Minnesota United, but it was um right. After we lost to Costa Rica in the hex or something like that, so it was, you know, he asked me at the top. He's like, "Look, I know you're, you're. This is not your specialty, but like, I want your opinion about it." And listening to my, it was like, sounded like ten years of more youthfulness in my voice. Uh, listening to me talk about how I thought, you know, I, I think, look, we've got, we've got Trinidad Tobago. These things, I think they'll be able to pull it out and just. The uh, the deep 
deep well of sadness that I was not prepared for uh, coming coming ahead. Um, anyway, uh, um, that that to say, it was fun to listen back to that and talk about the Scandinavian players and and, uh, and, and all the things that we were talking about at the end of the 2017 season, and uh, uh, and also you know still thinking about Daryl Grove and his family and and Taylor Rockwell and all all the. Total Soccer Show, um, people who have uh, who've made our lives a little bit brighter. Um, uh, speaking of making our lives brighter or sadder, um, Ajax uh, beat uh, VVV Venlo uh, 13-0. Did you guys catch any of this? Or, probably not live, right? It happened to come at this point where um, there's a, f- a few of us at the bar watching soccer, and there was a 30-minute period where the main games weren't on. And so I, I flipped over and I was like, all right, do you want to watch Inter versus Sassuolo or something? Or do you want to watch Ajax versus Venlo? And uh, we we just, we chose uh, Ajax and it was uh, nine, nothing at that point. And it only, it only got worse. It just got, it was um, watching that team, watching Venlo play. It was, uh, it was just, dispiriting stuff you know you, you just saw some players they weren't even trying anymore it was just the darkness that's it's so freaking brutal that's all i have to say that's i didn't watch it or even look at the highlights just just the the description of it is enough to to make you cry um uh colin martin was on the bsi uh podcast with uh you know benny sal and ike uh did any of you guys listen to this do you want me just to describe it none of you did yeah, go ahead. Um, so Colin Martin's on. He's a teammate of Sal Zizo now down at San Diego Loyal. Um, obviously, on this podcast, we've talked about um, the uh, controversy, whatever, but that San Diego has have to, had to overcome this year with a, a player getting racially abused and then Colin Martin being kind of, uh, um, would you say homophobically abused? I guess is what you, how would you, you would refer to it. Um, and so... Uh, you know, they, they kind of talked to Colin about his career and kind of interview him about these things, the parts that I thought were the best. Um, and it's a super good interview. It makes me miss Colin quite a bit. Um, but he and Ike talk at some point about the period where he, you know, felt very frustrated. Colin felt very frustrated at being kind of frozen out of the team. You know, he thought, I came in, you know, uh, I, I got some appearances. I played play decently, not as well as I wanted, come back the next year, I get some more appearances, start playing better. And then his third year here, he gets like three appearances the whole time. He can't find his way in. And Ike's, you know, Ike is always trying to not talk about Minnesota but smartly. Um, but he, he kind of talks about, yeah, you know, it's really tough when you see players and some players just some coaches just have these players where they just won't give them a chance, even though they're doing really well in training. And he talks about how Colin is like was the best player at short sighted uh, training, and uh, and yeah, and just like you know, both of them both of them dance around it quite a bit. But it's it's a fun interview to try to read between the lines of of what they are and aren't saying. Um. And then he talks about the the you know his best moment. They ask this: the, what what is your best moment of of coming out uh, as a as a gay man who plays soccer? And he talked about the the game where he got subbed in for the first time after he came out. Obviously, he he was he did not come in for the pride game that that game. 
quite annoyingly. Um, but he came in, I think it was the next game against Toronto. And he, he describes how, you know, he's coming in to be a sub and all of a sudden TCF bank stadium is going fucking ape shit for him. And everyone is just going crazy. And he, he said, he's like, he looks at Michael Bradley and all these Toronto players and they're all looking around like who is get what is going on who's is like pele coming on like michael bradley is just like i don't who is this guy and why are they freaking <laughs> they just had no idea which i thought was like kind of funny I, but you know that's at least how colin describes it but um uh the last thing uh he said is is the last question that uh, ike asked in his interrogation room which was uh who was who your and i forget exactly how he phrased this but who is your least favorite teammate in Minnesota, I think is how he said it. And then Colin like wouldn't answer for a long time. And then Ike was like pushing him and pushing him. And finally in the last second, he said, Jan Gregush. And he, uh, he didn't, he didn't explain any anymore, but Jan Gregush is, uh, Colin Martin. So he's team Rodrigo. Then yeah, is yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. That's right. And then he talked, <laughs> why, then why we must sell him. If, right. if Colin Martin doesn't like him, it's yep. good enough for me. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He doesn't like, doesn't like the look of his face. Um, I mean, did you guys do the fact that they played the same position? I have no idea. He he said nothing else about it. That's it. And it was just like he was like, "Come on, at least give me a group of players to play to pick from or whatever." Nope. They would be great in a rom com together, though. I mean, maybe I'd watch the shit know. out of that. I, I know nothing the about the Notebook too. I Come know on. nothing about Jan Gregush's personality. There's like half of the team that I have literally no sense. Um, if they are just ap- if they're just potatoes that play soccer, don't, don't Wes, don't you remember the the interview that Gregorich did on like uh, extra time? Oh, he did. Yeah, that was uh, that was horrible. <laughs> it was like the they, most driest thing. Like it was like literally the only player they've found recently who is decent at interviews is Chase Gasper. That's it. No, like, I agree. But like Gregorich wasn't wasn't the best. I mean, uh, other than Ike, but Ike doesn't give interviews right now. So, yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's all I've got for the, the first stuff. I will say champions league is back. Um, you know, um, Blackheart is opening uh, Tuesday and Thursday or Tuesday and Wednesday. There's superb games at 3 PM. Um, and then all this weekend there's games, uh, check out the Twitter feed. Um, for those, um, you can, uh, yeah, come yell at grown men. Um, and then there's two Minnesota United games there. Uh, the Champions League and the Saturday Sunday morning uh, games. It's a uh, if you're one of the first five people, uh, penshomes.com is uh, buying your second drink. So um, take advantage of that. Uh, I think I think literally we are the best lead producers for penshomes.com. So he just keeps throwing money. That penshomes. And he doesn't want the bar to die. So thanks, Nate. Um, and uh, yeah. Let's take a break and we'll come back and we will uh, talk Minnesota versus Cincinnati. Back on the 55-1 podcast, uh, I'm Wes. These are the other three gentlemen. Um, let's talk about Minnesota United against FC Cincinnati. Um, is it fair for me to say that this was a win that feels like a loss? No. Okay. No. No, I think it's. I think. I, I think it, you're you're grinding out toward the end of the season. It's a road match in the middle of a pandemic, and 
they didn't play the best. They're coming off of what three, four days rest or however many it was, and um, they ground out a win. I mean, they were they whether whether or not what what, what is it they say like you you win at home and try to draw on the road. I mean, we whether it's we stole a point or we deserved a point, we still fought for it. We scored. We walk out of there with three points. It's a road win at the end of the season. I don't. I don't. There's negative aspects. There are criticisms for sure, but this is a this is a positive win for me. Um, I guess yeah, the, no. those those. I'll let you counter to Mark, but let me, let me lay out some of the case which of of it. Um, there's some teams in MLS, and by some I mean seventy percent that are um, pretty bad, especially this year. I think you know for exactly some of the reasons you've said. There is some really bad soccer going on. FC Cincinnati are are one of them. They're they're by far not the worst, but they were um, like when we played Real Salt Lake recently, um, who were absolute garbage. Um, FC Cincinnati should have ha- had three goals in the first half. They were just garbage. They they couldn't even put them near the frame, even though it was they had I think two or three one on ones. Um, and so one thing is is coming out of this and thinking like, oh man, you can only be lucky so often or just play garbage. But you know you got to get results against garbage teams. So I, I get that. Um, but we were not good. We luckily the ball hit the post and comes down and Schoenfeld puts wraps his celery around it. Um, not literally because that would that would be painful. <laughs> unless unless that's one of his talents. I don't know. He maybe he scores goals with his celery. Third leg, man. Ants on the log. Um, so, but we were extremely lucky, you know. Mark, do you have you have counter to this? You're, you're you're a nasty old man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, here's the thing. It's we haven't. This is our first I'm so road glad win. That, that Rodrigo muted himself because he's losing <laughs> his shit. And I'm just trying to keep a straight face and get back to the side. Homie is just beat red over there. Oh my god, it's amazing. Yep, you can get back you know, to the soccer, Mark. Sorry. So here's the thing: is like, uh, especially with the um, once we did, once we you know got back from the MLS's back tournament with all the new restrictions, traveling and stuff. Road games have just been extremely hard. They're just difficult, and this is our first road win since we've gotten out of Orlando. Um, it's actually our first, I mean, technically it's our first road win since the first two games of the season. Uh, so that alone and, has some positivity uh, behind it. If you it listen because, to our uh, our Minnesota United staff, we've actually played only away games uh, un- unlike I mean, every other team. So I mean, it's true, yes. I mean, it's amazing how against it's, us. It's neutral sites are even roads. Yes, yeah. but no, but here's the thing, like, and I mean, Cincinnati... It, they seem to have a bit more confidence coming in this game uh, following whatever. They, I, I didn't watch their match against um, the crew at all, but apparent, following that one, like they actually scored goals, which apparently they don't do, they don't do often. And they had some confidence coming in, which good for them. And we were coming off of, I mean, our best player was still on the bench with you know, recovering from COVID. Uh, you know, we're, it, you take what you can get and sometimes, and if you can pull out, I mean, the old adage is if you can, you know, win at home, draw on the road, that's great. If you steal two extra points, that's even better. And we stole two extra points. It's 
positive. Rodrigo, give me the extra. Give me, give me the the final case for uh, a win that feels like a loss. The last time we won a game at home was against Cincinnati, right? So, like, we should beat Cincinnati, but apparently, we can't get past how we play without um, Reynoso. I think it's it's frustrating. When we know we we're supposed to beat these teams, we're supposed to put these teams away, like and and with um with the formation that we put out for that day and the people and the staff, you know that was that, that it was a it was a winning it was a winning game. But ten minutes into it or five minutes into it, I started to miss the crap out of Corey Hayes because there was no aspect of trying to create as much as we used to. I think. Um, Gregor did okay for 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 being back. I think I just didn't see a lot of creativity and like like I thought the best midfielder or our best attacker was actually Lude because he was actually trying to do things and trying to to form and then make runs and and, and do that. And I I just feel that I don't know without Reynoso it falls back on 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 Molino and Molino um, this is used to now not being a dependent person to create. And if you are going to have someone that creates, then then they should create. I mean, it it like we got extremely lucky. Like, yeah. well, this is this was a game like that we knew we had to win. And the last time we we said something like that was when we were played at SKC at their on our way, because it, it it meant second place. It could have meant it meant second place, but now we're we're, we're stuck in fifth or even sixth, I think. Um, and with a couple games games left, it's it's about you have to be able to put teams away. And I'm not taking anything win from Aaron because Aaron actually had a good shot on goal, right? He was able to wrap his hips around the ball. He was able to rotate his hips and just hit that ball. And, and as we sure that we sure it was his hips did the rotating? Huh? Sure it was his hips? It was it was his hips, right? He yeah. Shakira that ball. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Hips don't lie. Um, so, all right. I, I think I think I, I can accept the the framing that that overall we can be pretty pleased that regardless you get a win. Uh, it's it's nice to get a win out of, and we should celebrate a win when you're garbage. It's nice to get like, hey, um, who? Uh, since I know I'm going to have some negative things about some of the players, who was good? Rodrigo just made a case for Aaron Schoenfeld comes on and uh, doesn't do that much, but he obviously you know. Um, gets the gets the final uh, right result. Do you guys remember the Danladi goal that he scored literally like right around the same time? Like was it last year? Right, that he scored a a, a game winning goal like literally like in the ninetieth minute. Yeah, we're, it would we, so we, Montreal. We got a draw out of that one, right? Oh, is it a draw? Well, I forget. Yeah, but he scored a goal. It. He scored a goal, and like he had been trying as hard as he can to get anything, and nothing was going his way, and it was just right right time, right place, and I felt. That that's one of the things that happened in this game. Like, did we create offense? Well, yeah. I mean, we, who was also who was also their forward or their midfielder? Uh, Cincinnati is it Lakeda? La, la, um, uh, who? Yeah, like they think it's Lakeda. If it's Lakeda, can't I'm I'm just thankful he can't shoot worth the, worth anything because he had like three shots on goal just like last Cincinnati game, and. Um, and it it was just one of those things, and I think one of the things that Cincinnati went away from us was trying to get Frankie Amaya the ball, 
because Frankie is probably the most deadly weapon that they can have on team. Yeah, yeah. Jurgen Lukadia. Um, they they also had. Um, I mean, Sim Dion. I don't, I don't know if that's how you say his name. Was just is it Dion? 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 Sure. Um, he was. Oh my God. Un- unreal how bad he was there were a couple of those guys yeah right. it, the um, header that I, he had was like one of those who were like oof i mean uh, like I, I think rodrigo said it earlier i think i think lud didn't look terrible okay. um it's it's hard to it's hard for me to find like the right context for what is good um but i will say that i thought i mean finley's always gonna hustle and he's always gonna put in the work whether and and he had some chances. Um, um, I thought Robin Lloyd looked by far the most creative in the midfield. Um, certainly not um, Kevin Molino. Um, I, I think he's seen a, a big dip in form, especially when he is tasked with being the uh, the 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 creative spark. He's more of that secondary uh, beneficiary of somebody like Reynoso or another true number ten, but. Um, yeah, well, uh, I yeah, think I think with Molino, you know, talking about a couple of players who brought up Greg Ush coming back and, and Molino, um, those are two players who I thought were not good this game. Um, they were very disappointing, gave up the ball a lot, just didn't seem to have it. You know, Molino did have uh, a great chance, um, and I thought made a really great shot. Tried to put it to the far post. Um, uh, Spencer Ritchie, their goalkeeper, saved it well, um, but otherwise it was he was poor and. We'll we'll get to the the substitution choice later, but um, you know those two players kind of disappointed me quite a bit. I thought um, uh, the, I can have we can say other things about how Kamara is being used and whatever. I think Gasper continues to struggle, um, but th- there there just wasn't other than a few sp- good sparks with with about a five minute period in the first half was just not clicking. It didn't seem to we. We weren't holding possession, but we also weren't countering, um, which, which was the the tough part. It's it's for for me like it's Greg Goosh's first match back. I mean, even though that he was in the cities and self isolating, you know, in quarantine for, you know, after coming off of international duty, I you know I was surprised that you didn't start a Jacory Hayes or, or you know somebody else and then brought Greg Goosh on as a as a sub. Um, Kind of similarly to how we were thinking about using Ozzy last week uh, before Dotson got injured in the fifteenth minute, but um, it just we just felt slow. We just looked bogged down. We looked tired and um, didn't have a, a a creative spark of somebody who could kind of read the game. Um, and I do agree with Rodrigo. I think I think somebody like a Jacory Hayes in that midfield with Ozzy would have been. I think you would have seen a little bit more creativity from us um, getting the ball out of the back like that. But, I mean, we're all just kind of rehashing the same stuff, and it's... thing is, um, I, for the second half, I was not disappointed with the op, the chances we created. The issues was we... I mean, I think we had... I mean, we ended the match with, like, 18 shots, but only three were on goal. And I think 12 of those came in the second half. Like, we had... We created a lot of opportunities. We're just in that funk that we were at this time last year where we can't hit the broadside of a barn with our finishes whatsoever, and it's team-wide. And that's just what seemed to what happened again against Cincinnati is we easily, if we had finished our chances, we could easily have won that match 5-6-0. Nothing. 
but we didn't finish any of our chances. I, I guess if Cincinnati would have finished their chances, it also would have been a three-one game again. <laughs> so like, so like the thing is, is like you bring in a Kai Kamara, not only for the experiences, but for the fact that he can finish. And the fact that he, when you talk about we take eighteen shots a game, and we only can score one out of those, that's that's not speaking highly of what we're doing offensively. Another thing that Corey brought up that I want to kind of kind of uh, piggy off of is that. I was watching Finley a lot, and he was trying to do exactly what him and Ja'Cory Hayes had done previously. He was putting himself between the center backs and asking for the through ball to be able to beat someone because you can beat someone that way. And nobody was watching that. Nobody was looking for it. That even Molina, who's known for doing stuff like that. And that, that was part of my frustration. Here's Finley, who wants to run and who wants to make runs at space, but there's no one who wants to feed him the ball. And I'm making... And, and even when Reynoso came in, it took a while for Reynoso to get the ball, right? It took probably five, six minutes before he finally started getting the ball, right? And 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 I don't understand the transition aspect of it, or why it takes that long, or why are we looking to do the things that has worked before? Uh, one of one of the one of the things that like I'm I'm looking at this here at the at the distribution between Finley, Lud, and Kai Kamara. There were three shots between the three of them. Mm-hmm. Ethan had one that was wide or one that was blocked. Lud had one that was blocked. Lud had one that was on target. Um, Kai Kamara had nothing on goal, nothing on target. Uh, no shots off target, no blocked shots. Um, Kevin Molino had a couple, but it's just like that. I mean, that tells me like we're just not creating those chances. But I, but Mark is also right. It's the same problem we had last year, which is. We, we, we just can't hit things. Our finishing isn't there. Like, and what's the, I mean, Cincinnati's wasn't either, like, but what's the, what's the cause? What's the cause of that? It, it seems to be the thing. Is it just fatigue? Is it lack of creativity? Is it brain space? Is it like, like, what is it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's, I mean, you can understand that if they had, I mean, with the COVID stuff that they talked about how they were short practice. So, I mean, maybe I, I can't imagine, like, I feel like, your shooting is one of your key things that doesn't just go away from not doing it for a week. Like you suddenly can't, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not a pro soccer player. Well, but. I, I, I think um, regardless, we can sum it up as saying they're not uh, firing on all cylinders right now. The nice thing is that they have four games left in the season and they're against uh, what I would say, pretty subpar teams uh, other than sporks. Um, they've got Colorado yeah. who were just beaten, uh, f- four to nothing. What was that? Four to nothing. Um, yeah, four zero. This is their, their first, first game back. I mean, that's a good transition. Yeah, their first game back after um after contracting the plague. Um, and they we so we play them Wednesday. We've got Sporks on Sunday. We've got Chicago on Wednesday. Dallas on Sunday. Those are the last four games. Um, we assume that this is uh, well. Shoot. Before I go on to that, um, do we have anything to say about um? Substitutions. Brent Coleman makes a one, <laughs> one minute appearance. Um, I, I was actually happy after I stopped swearing at the TV initially. Okay. Because the first thing they said was Schoenfeld's coming. It's like the seventy fourth minute. They they look sluggish. You know, it's zero zero, uh, and they're like, "Oh, word is that Schoenfeld's coming." On. And I said last week, I was like the most defensive substitution you can make is putting Schoenfield in because he's never going to score a goal for us. 
And so I started swearing at the TV and I was like, yeah, come on, let's try to win this game. Actually. I'm glad I was proven wrong. And then also uh, I was glad that at the same time that he came on, that Reynoso came on. Cause I was like, my thinking is like, Oh God, we just need to get Reynoso in the middle, move Lude over to the right, Molino to the left and get into that uh, formation that has actually worked for us as far as uh, producing some goals and some opportunities. So as from that standpoint, I was happy with the subs. At least they, like uh, Rodrigo said, why don't we do what works for us? At least that put us in the position to have the lineup, the guys out on the field in the positions that have worked the best in the past at least. So that was a positive thing for me. I've got um, a couple couple notes to make. One is, um, how many goals have we had from strikers this year? We've got one from Kai, one from Schoenfeld, two from Amaria, or three, three. Yeah, he has two. three, three. Yeah, three. three he think, got one yeah. after the. Um, we had how much from Toy? One. I think one. one. So we're at five. Wait, no, six. Um, and uh, so. Am I missing any any goals? So we had twenty nine mm-hmm. goals scored this year, six of them from our strikers, which is uh, just a, a just a interesting statistic uh, to to think about. Um, substitutions. Uh, the one real frustration I have, uh, the seventeen frustrations I have, um, are that it doesn't feel like it. Or I guess it feels like the substitution pattern goes on. Uh, who is the best player in Heath's mind? And they stay on. Who the worst player is, they come off, right? Um, Molina was not having a good game. Uh, Lude is far more effective on the right. Uh, you know, why not? Uh, you know, Finley was playing decently. Why not take Molina off and put Bebelo on in the center? Um, you know, why? Like, it, it just. Taking, it, it, this is the thing that, like, we. Is, is like, yeah, this is the thing that we have said on this show and we'll continue to say it and other podcasts and other media outlets will say this like the the thing that baffles me about Heath's subs it's not even so much that he doesn't use the subs which he does clearly but are we subbing in to a system and doing like for like replacements to just deal with fatigue or is there a tactical reason that you're going to shift the formation and do other stuff? And I can't say that he does either. It just seems to be like you said, Wes. Like, who's who's not playing great? I don't I'm going to pull them that, out. No, no, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's <clears> I'm going to pull. I'm. It's it's in Heath's mind. The ranking of quality is Bebelo, Molino, Lud, Finley. I'm going to sub according to, uh, you know, Finley will be the first one off yeah. because he's the yeah. worst one in my opinion. That's like that. So you're what, so you're saying that there's like a positional hierarchy, yeah. and that's that's how he'll move people in and out. Yeah, that that I I have no evidence to show me anything else other than that, except for maybe he ranks Lude higher than Molino. So because Molino because Lude is unsubbable, uh, it, it's weird. I, it's it's a absolute mystery to me, um, but I, I don't want to belabor it because we'll hit it eighteen more times yeah. this season. No, the other thing too is that, that there was one tactical switch that happened, and it was when uh, Molino and uh, and Lude started switching places, and I think that's I, I like seeing that, and I like the fact that 
it was recognized that that needed to happen. And I think that's one of the things that I wish would happen more. And I remember back in the days when like, um, was it Miguel and somebody else where we were allowed to, to, to switch at, at will whenever mm-hmm. they felt like it. And I think we need to be able to have that kind of freedom in the aspect on specifically on those opposite wings, just because, um, that is that that is something that can change the game, right? If if Finley is not if Finley is not working on the on the right as much, then let's switch him to the left, right? And let's let's have the the defense on the left trying to figure out how to how to handle it. Uh, but that only works when you're actually trying to get them the ball and put it in positions for them to be able to successful. Now, granted, this game was out without Bebelo, but even with the roster that we put out, we should have beaten this team. By far, the more than one goal. So um, I, I I get that road wins are hard to come by. I get that, but your job as a as a as as a coach is to be able to put the best winning combination out there. And like if 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 you're if you're going away from that because of you know if I understand if it's because of injuries, but if it's not because of injuries, then that needs to be another discussion to be able to do to talk about. Yeah, few. Uh, um, let, let's let's look a little bit ahead, just to, to the end of the season. We've got those four games, as I mentioned, coming up. It is almost certain uh, that the playoffs will be run according to points per game, which, according to that, we are in fourth place, um, which is not a bad place to be, right? Um, the, I think the top three teams uh, are extremely good we're not extremely i think they're very good i think the west is absolute dog shit this year uh the fact yeah. that the fact that the white caps might make uh the playoffs is is um unreal to me although they have one more games than minnesota um yeah. or that san jose has a chance after like their run yeah. of being slaughtered seven six nothing yeah, yeah. sporting kansas city seattle sounders portland timbers they're very good teams who are doing pretty well um, LAFC are a very good team who are not doing particularly well, but 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 Carlos Vela's back and he's and he's uh, taking them to Chip Town already. So it's like, so who knows? The thing is, we uh, right now, if the playoffs were today, we play Los Angeles Football Club in the first round and and we lose. Um, uh, and so uh, you know the goal should be to get to that third place spot, which uh, with. Portland Timbers, which is maybe achievable, um, and uh, and and then we would play something like FC Dallas, right? We would play those bottom three teams in the playoffs are uh, we should win um, very easily, um, and and you know we've got Colorado who um, they're barely getting their feet back. We've got uh, Chicago and Dallas who are, who are struggling. Um, Sporks, uh, uh, you know, we've been we've shown that we've been able to. Um, play okay against them at times. Um, so I don't know. Any, anything you guys want to say? But well, uh, what, I'll, what I'll say, like based on as of when was this written? Uh, earlier in October 9th, looking at strength of schedule, like we're third from the bottom. So we have, a, like you said, a pretty easy run um, from here on out, theoretically. Um, if you're looking at some of our New Year's competitors, Seattle is like one, two, three, like 10th on the list. LAFC, SKC, Dallas, um, they're kind of square in the middle. Portland's kind of like that lower middle in terms of difficulty. Like, I think there's a real possibility that we could string together some results and 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 
get lucky with um, SKC and and Portland dropping some points. Um, I, I think the the biggest thing is we get the home games, um, and the thing that I would be curious about is if this do, does go to points per game so you can give teams um that time off um before the playoffs what even if it's a week or two weeks i can't remember what the what the schedule initially was but um if we're trying to make up those two matches because of covid our covid cases um and then colorado's got all of theirs which they're just not going to be able to to make up all of those and and you go to points per game like i think we got a good chance and i would um hope that we'd be able to get um that extra week off before uh before playoffs start getting 9 points out of the last 12 so winning our last 3 home games mm-hmm. would give us uh 1.63 um so still not above uh portland timbers so that would put us fourth um you know obviously Portland can lose. That's that's if Portland, you know, are exactly the same. So, um, yeah, there's questions about all, it. I I hope all, all I want is us for us to get fifth, and then San Jose to get sixth, and then that way we're able to play San Jose at home because we know we can beat San Jose. Um, I know it's it's no. uh, we wouldn't host so fifth if we finish fifth we play um at the fourth place. Oh, team. so it has to be six then? Six? No, we would need to finish. If San Jose finishes seventh. Yeah, right now Sporting KC s- in first place would be playing uh, San Jose okay. at home. Yeah, so we, we don't have much chance of, of hosting. Darn. The, the best chance we have to host is host the sixth, sixth spot, um, or we could we could get the, the fourth place spot and host LAFC at least. But um We'll see. Let's take a break. We've got some Twitter questions and we will uh, address them. Back on the 551 podcast. Hello, everyone. Christopher Clark uh, on Twitter asks, uh, actually, Christopher Clark. A ghost asks, I'm really irked by the lack of Raheem Edwards lately. What's going on with him? Is he training poorly, attitude problems, or something else? I can't wrap my head around him not getting minutes, even if he's not starting. He was not in the, on the team, on the bench even, this week. Uh, you know, Last week, after he was not played, we, we mentioned he tweeted out SMH. He was shaking my head. Uh, um, or it was... Uh, some, I always read some, that as like, suck my head. <laughs> just I, like, I always think it's smack my head. Like, ah. Sub me, Heath. Uh, Mine is the worst. Said, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sub me, Heath. Oh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Chris, I'm completely... We're all baffled, too. Um, uh, you know, maybe he... I don't know anything about attitude problems. Um, but, uh, again, like, I, I go back to this... Um, there are certainly players. Look, if he if he was a player with a really terrible attitude, you should have known about that before you you brought him in, right? Um, and the thing is, we've seen many players who get kind of uh, weirdly they have bad attitudes. They, they and they've got to go. Um, at some point, it's like, no, that's your you're a coach. You need to work with people, and you need to get them. 
bought in, right? Um, yeah. That's, that is your problem. Like the, whenever you have a problem with something like that, it's always partially on you to figure out how to get them. Even if they're, they're not doing right, you need to get them to be working because you want to be able to sub them on because they're obviously talented. So I, I it's always, a, it's almost always a, a coaching problem to me. Um, I think Corey brought this up earlier is like, if we're subbing for like, like to like uh, talent, then I don't see why we're using Edwards for subbing in Ethan Finley. If you're looking for energy and burst and that, that, that would be something that would be, be that. And I'm, I don't know if Edwards is hanging out with Chacon a little too much because like Chacon is air quotes known for having bad attitude and bad, uh, Bad practice habits, so maybe that's one of the things you need to stay away from the from from the Uruguayans. Yeah, the thing, like I mean, I know that they're using like all the I don't know if it's the Opta stats or whatever the hell it is, but they're using their little, you know, they're tracking a bunch of a bunch of stats and training, and and I don't know how much Heath is relying on that. It uh, if if he is, he's not um, making it very clear that they lean on the stats in in training so it, like it could be that his numbers are just not as good and that he's going by the numbers i my gut tells me that it's some um um you know th- th- like the thing that you you mentioned Wes, like he has a hierarchy and if players are available that are above him in the hierarchy he's not even going to make the bench or he will make the bench and he's just going to be um, either an injury sub, but rarely a tactical sub. And it sucks because he was one of the, the bright spots, especially in preseason, especially in the early part of the season. Even if he's just, just going to come in as a sub at the, in the 70th minute to, to cause chaos, um, you know, it, it would be nice to have that pace and it would be nice to um, see him come in. It's a bummer. Well, in the past, we've always complained about depth for this team. And now we have depth and we um, refuse to use it. Um, it, it is a problem when you can only ever get 13 players bought into your vision. Um, that to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's something, and that, I think that's something important to say too, is that I don't, we don't know. And it could be that it is an attitude problem or it is not buying into the whatever system. Um, we just don't know. Well, if you, um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm saying if you only have 13, 14 players who you can play, then that is a problem. But that, that you as a that you as a manager a, feel like yeah. that you can play, yeah. Um, not that you, not yes. that they, they're not capable of it. That, right. but if you don't feel like you can do it, that's a that's a managerial issue for yeah. sure. Christian Fitchett, uh, this is a good question. How do you fix your um, first team's performances? Um, caveat: You're not allowed to go lazy by saying Chacon or. Uh, uh, Raheem Edwards, that includes you, uh, Rodrigo. What instructions uh, would Heath need to provide the team to improve performance? So I think that's good. We we often, I think, rely on the lazy uh, lazy analysis of here are the subs that I would have made. Um, that's that's um, pretty easy to be facile. Uh, so the the actual question of like, how can you uh, adjust the the team instructions? to get more out of them. And um, I, I don't know if, uh, Rodrigo, if you want to start there. Uh, um, uh. Yeah, I'll start. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I think one of the things that we need to do in a sense is like I would talk to who my eight and my six is and I would make sure that my six um, stays much more often below the half point or the half field and make sure that my eight dribbles into to the middle and trying to find who is a number 10 in this case, Reynoso. I would also ask, and if we're going to go use the width of the field and use our left back and our right back, that we go out wide and then we go out back to the middle. So in other words, go out wide, create some space, find where Reynoso is, and then make runs so Reynoso is able to distribute the ball much easier. When you go out and then and you go out and then back in and out again, it just it's gonna keep whatever whatever is in the aspect of, of honesty in the midfield is it's always gonna keep them trying to figure out what you're doing and, and more be more reactive than proactive. I also would like to talk to our left wings and our right backs and saying, don't just run down the flank and cross the ball at the very last second because the further you are away from the goal, the less danger you are to create anything. And so if and so go inward, right? Do what, do what Lude is known for doing now is just to cut inward and dribble at the box, right? And then make those, make those defenders commit to you. And I think if we do that and we combine that with with quick plays, uh, we will be more successful in the aspect of 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 creating offense, but also scoring. But I think it's key that our eight and our six work together very well, uh, but that our six doesn't overcommit to the offense, which has been some of our issues as of lately. And with Ozzy being back and getting used to it, I hope I see less of Ozzy moving upward into the attacking third, because that makes me nervous every time. And that also exposes our center backs. Yeah, right? Oz- Ozzy was surprisingly up, up further than Gregush at times this game. And he's done that a few games lately where you just see him and you're like, buddy, buddy, get back, get back. Hold, hold the hold it on back there. Um, Mark or Corey, do you have, do you have any uh, suggestions? Um, I mean, I would just want to get our strikers on the same page. It feels like we have no strat and maybe it's just me watching. It feels like there's no cohesive strategy for how to utilize our strikers effectively in this offense. And I mean, again, like we, earlier, we went through the number of goal scored by our strikers and it's only six this season. There's, they're just not being incorporated properly. And I, whatever the answer is, whether it's all right, if you're going to be a holding Guy, you know, up and playing basically in uh, closer to midfield than our other like, than our attacking uh, midfielders are and our wingers are. That make that clear that you are essentially just a hold up pivot guy and you're a distributor and that's what you knew you need. But then, don't get someone like Kai Kamara to do it because he is a guy who can just like wiggle into space in the box and can finish. So if that's the case, then you need to be able to formulate your attack. Again, like Rodrigo was talking about, you need, you know, going wide, coming back in, keeping the defense honest, pressuring, creating space. And eventually, and the thing that Kai Kamara is very good at is that if there's just a little bit of space, he can utilize it and score goals. And he doesn't need much space to do so. But at this point, we're not setting him up to succeed like that. And I don't know why. And if it's truly going to be like if our offense is going to be this way 
where we are, all of our goals are going to be coming from our, you know, our central midfield, our attacking midfielders and our wingers. Fine. But get someone who can do it that's not like that, who that's their role to do it, like who's there and that's their cup of tea and like who's an expert at it. Don't just try to. From those first two games, you know, it did feel like Amaria was set up to do that, right? That that seems like even Kai is doing what Amaria was there, was doing. Amaria never really regained that after the tournament, but I, I think that that. I, I'll, I'll blame the the injury that was probably there. Um, so it, it is a little bit of like, what if, you know, maybe for this season, Corey, do you have any, anything, any, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're, I think we're all, we're all trending toward the same, the same, um, ideas. One of the things that I would Score like goals. to see, Score yeah, goals. exactly. The, like the, the problem Ozzy needs to say back, you need to you need to uh, have more shield for your center backs if you want your your fullbacks to get forward. Um, I don't think we should be sending our fullbacks as far forward as we normally do. We rely on them. Um, it's an old it's an old game, and I think everybody's figured it out. Um, I would like to see Gregush and Reynoso link up a little bit more and and do some of that. Let's spray it out wide. Let's kick it back in. Let's let's. Um, cause a little bit bit of chaos there. The thing that I would particularly like to see, especially if it's Lud and Molino flanking Reynoso, is I want to see the three of them dynamically switch. Just find the game and move and get into space. And essentially the three of them should be interchangeable with a little more weight put on Reynoso to be the playmaker, to be that link up. Um the, the the Kai Kamara thing, it's you know, it's it's like another mad lib of pick your striker for Minnesota United. The the one is always seeming to be the problem in our four two three one. And what should that person be doing? Is it more of that Mason Toy swagger kind of position? I think Amarillo was closer to that solution where he was dropping deeper but not as a holdup player, but more as a combination, almost almost acting like a fourth midfielder at times. Well, the best the best uh, moment we've had from Kai was that flick on he did to Molino, who then uh, was and, and that's and that's exactly and that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I, I think it's dropping deeper to be part of the playmaking, not dropping deeper to be part to be the holdup guy. Um, you know, if 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 somebody like Kai Kamara or and Amaria, or or if you put you know a Reynoso up top or whomever, get give them give them the chance to run at the defense while you have your 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 wingers sprinting down the the the, the sides and um our wingers yeah, don't sprint, it, down, yeah. sprint down the sides, my friend. Um, mm. uh, yeah, so I, I I'll I'll let your guys's. Uh, um, uh, tactical uh, instructions stick i'll just whisper them all and that that'll be the the way i i will um, whisper them uh wpb4 says if minnesota united make the playoffs would it be better to play in brutal freezing conditions in st paul without fans or should they play for an away match somewhere warm um i want it at home i want it sad and cold mostly it's just the travel I, like travel is still tough i'm going out there and coming back um, the next, the you know that same day, it's going to be. Really do, do they have to do that for the playoffs too, or are they actually going to do hotel stays for playoffs? 
they haven't said they haven't said anything about the playoffs. Um, we still I don't, don't think the league know. even knows at this point. Yeah, it's it's a lot of mystery. I I will say it is kind of. Uh, I do hope that you know we talked about the end of the season. I do hope that we actually pick up and have some decent, uh, you know, one decent performance toward the end here and get something. It's it's been the season has been kind of uh, just like mushing away, you know, turning into that kind of uh, melty snow slush brown melt stuff. So um, I would love to see a little bit more because it really stinks to get to the end of another season and be like, is this what, is this what uh, our future is for, uh, for this team? Cause um feels like we should and could do a lot better, especially in a, in a division that is just full of, stinking turds um dan mank says is raheem edwards the new miguel abara to which i say how dare you uh josh e says i'm starting to shift from let's get a win to let's maybe have some just an entertaining game of soccer it's embarrassing how ugly our play has been um yeah i guess we just addressed that I agree, Josh. Uh, at Gitchigumi says, with the transfer deadline looming this week, how would you rate Heath's roster building this season, assuming nobody else is coming? Are we assuming no one, like, no injuries? So, like, no one got injured? Or uh, no, I'd I'd say like let's let's just rate how it how it looks so far. We'll we'll do this more in in depth now, but give give or in depth later toward you know in our season recaps, but. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the primary signings have been uh, Raheem Edwards, Jacory Hayes, Luis Amaria, Kai Kamara, uh, Bebelo, Debasi. Am I missing any majors? Aha. Uh-huh. Is Schoenfeld then? Right? Schoenfeld? Yeah. 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 I think I think we I think we established some really solid depth that we didn't have before. Um, the the quote unquote B team is much closer to the A team than it has been in the previous three seasons. Um it's always weird for me like when you bring in your marquee DP signing halfway through the season, they can't they don't have a preseason, they don't have a full off season to train. Like it's always weird for me and I'm like like is is Reynoso even gonna get a goal this season? Like I really don't know. And I'm fine with it. I don't think he will. Um he might get one. And it'll be like a PK, um, but generally, I'm I'm happy with the depth. I wish we would have focused a little bit more on a six, um, you know, like a Yedlin or somebody like that coming in. But <laughs> shut up, Corey. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll, I I want to keep actually moving. We will we'll actually address that. Uh, the that roster building. I think Bebelo is b- by far the the best. Yeah, Bebelo uh, is the best. Uh, I mean, so Bebelo and the depth, like the yeah. our, and, our our depth is a lot better. Getting, getting and actually, our defense is like Debassi, like Ma- Michael Boxel and Debassi as our starting center backs. Knowing that our top center back has bought, been out the entire season, basically, they're act they're playing like they're the two starting center backs. So I've yeah. been super impressed defensively. Yeah. Agreed. Um. So uh, big game grade A27 says, how can Reynoso and Gregush play together so that both are effective and complement each other rather than highlighting redundancies or flat out diminishment? Do you see, do you, I guess I'm kind of curious if you guys actually see them as um, being redundant. I'm, I'm not sure if, 
Like, what do you mean by redundant? I guess like, like they're they're kind of um, doing similar roles and kind of overlapping and kind of getting in each other's way. Which I, I guess maybe that's not the, what's being asked here. But um, oh, I think it is, and I think Rodrigo's had like a lot of good points in the past about this, right? Where it's we've been, you know, Rodrigo, you've talked a lot about like can Gre- how does Grey Goose factor in with Reynoso? Like I think part of this is Ozzy staying back and out of the way. That yeah, gives selling Grey Goose and putting in Jacquari Hayes. I answered for <laughs> Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Rodrigo. You had some good points about this, though. But I, I think the, the thing that comes through is like, like you'd have to like be like, all right, Grey Goose, you see Reynoso when you get the ball, play to the feet, always right. Try to look for him. If not, go wide, right. And make sure that you 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 pound that in, um, to to make sure that they are they are paying attention. That's the only way you're going to be able to build some sort of relationship. If you if you get those two people passing to the ball to each other more often, it gets incorporates them into 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 playing with each other. And I don't know um, how how that's going to work out, like in a sense, because you know Gregorish all of a sudden loses all the what you consider like specialties right like taking free kicks taking corners right for like that was for him for like about a year or so so like all of a sudden someone takes that away from you how does that and, make and really successful mind you yes. he was very very good at all of those for right like, like if you and if he has remember, not been for a while but this is but, why colin but, but, martin hates him just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> because if you remember, like in the tournament, he was he was a good he he was mm-hmm. one of the reasons that we were able to do stuff. And so, how that goes from you bring in someone else who's who's who you who this team's paid a lot of money, like the mental part of it is what really makes you want to have have to uh, to understand is like as a player now how do how do you outshine Reynoso right? It, the only way you can do that is by scoring goals. And I don't, and and we know that Gregorich doesn't score as many goals as he should. He had right? uh, more shots than uh, any of any of the uh, attacking midfielders last game. He had four shots, or three, I think. Four. Um, well, last question: Mark Fangmeyer uh, asks, "Hey Corey, this Friday is the season premiere of The Mandalorian season two. What have you been doing to prepare? Are you guys, uh, are you, are you guys, just gonna get together and cuddle under blankets and watch this together?" No, no. Um, we one. I haven't been reading any theories about this season. I've read one, and it was on Instagram, so it's bullshit. Um, uh, been listening to the soundtrack every now and again, just like wait, the theme. Wait, 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 you listen to the, the soundtrack? There's a soundtrack yeah. for the Mandalorian. Yeah. Actually, no, did you, the, uh, the actually the behind the scenes, the, the they, behind they, the they, scenes, the, the music, the, 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 the music episode is. Fantastic. Yeah, the with the bass is, recorder, like the the, yeah. the guy that wrote that writes the music for the Mandalorian looks like he was in a failed cover band for the Fleet Foxes. He, oh, and that he's high all the time. I mean, so that's I didn't never like not the music high to it. That was one of the things I thought that it often didn't fit the mood. I thought it was like what? Are, what are it's like it, we talked. We've talked about this on yeah. the show. It's just it's yeah. good. It's avant garde. It's like it's like it's like it's like uh, like John Wayne Western jazz. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so trash. you guys are pretty pretty excited, Corey. You're. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I can't wait can't till wait. Corey finishes season two of Discovery. I, uh, yeah, it's gonna be this week. It's gonna be then, this week, and then and then and then you jump into the Mandalorian. That's gonna be the the thing. Right it's now. just. I just started watching The Good Place this week. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's pretty good. Very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been watching Borgen, the uh, the Danish uh, political drama, because that's my shit. <laughs> Fucking Michael Stipe over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> going, going he's just, to, he just, he's just he's sitting in the, in the corner. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> hurts indeed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I do look weirdly like him. All right, uh, everyone, thank you very much. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll be back next week. We've got, we'll have two games to bitch about. Um, maybe even celebrate if we can allow ourselves the the uh, the, the yeah, brief the one respite. Game. Is Chicago? Yeah. Um, oh no. I've. I've. I am. I'm gonna. Oh, Calvo. Calvo. I'm so ready for it. My body's ready. All right, everyone. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's take this out and uh, wrap your celery around with this week. So. <laughs> 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 <laughs>